This episode contains major spoilers for Jordan Peele's recent film, Nope. So if you haven't watched the movie, number one, what are you doing? Why are you listening to this episode? Go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this episode. Um, But if you don't plan on watching it, just be warned. We do spoil it. Thanks for listening. What up, my nerds, nerds and nerdites? Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon Fan. We're talking about pop culture, scary things, scarier things, and the scariest things. Uh, There may be aliens involved, and deserts, and a giant city that a lot of people live in, slash other people hate visiting. I'm Alex. I'm AJ. And we are going to tell you about the movie Nope. This oh, I thought you were talking about New York. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Actually, okay. I was trying to lead it into Los Angeles because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people hate. I feel like everyone who doesn't live in L.A. hates L.A. And then everyone that lives in L.A. still hates L.A., but they love living here. I, I have to be honest with you. I've never been to L.A. yet. I will be there, uh, I think, next year. But I've never been to L.A. yet. But I have to be honest with you, out of all the places I've been into the U.S., it's, it's pretty low on my list. It's pretty low on my list. Um, I, and you know what's right next to it? New York. New York is also pretty low on my list to visit. Um, once you live in Chicago, shots, you're kind of just like... Shots fired. I, yeah, shots fired. I'm coming, for, I'm coming coast to coast. I'm coming for everybody. Midwest is the mid-best, all right? That's, okay, that's, first that's, of I'm, all... I'm clinging to that. I grew up in the Midwest, and yeah. everyone who doesn't live in Chicago does not consider Chicago even part of the Midwest. That is true. That is very, very true. Just want to throw that out there. Kinda, it's kind of aggravating. <laughs> People are like, "What's in the Midwest? Indiana?" I'm like, "No, what? The the third largest city in the U.S.? Are you serious?" Yeah, for we get disrespected. AJ lives in Chicago. I have family that live in Bloomington, Illinois, which is about two hours from Chicago and they don't even like Chicago. They're like, that's no, too far. I'd never go no, there. It, Alex is hundred percent. Correct. Anyone who lives in Illinois know that, uh, Chicago is basically its own entity and, and no one in the Midwest considers it, uh, the Midwest, but Hey, that's fine. You know, I know where it is. You know where it is. You can't deny it. It's undeniable. You also can't deny the, that Chai city does have a lot of good music that comes out of there. Good music. It's like food. Uh, it's we the have crazy artist. The greatest, it's, have, it's a great sports city. I mean, what is it in Chicago that you need except super high taxes, right? Like, like besides that, I mean, it's it's great. High taxes and it. crime lords. They're uh, uh, yeah, you know, that's they're protecting that's just, the city. That's a bite. <laughs> like a like a ghetto Batman, huh? <laughs> yeah. I swear, like I actually think Batman is has like, Gotham has to be based off Chicago. It's always how I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, I, that's why I think everybody loved that they filmed the uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, it was the second one. They filmed it in Chicago because everyone. Was oh, like, duh. Yeah, that that feels like Chicago. That that really does feel like it. Um, although he'd be working overtime on the South Side, that's for sure. Um, did uh did Batman happen to like? How does he get to? How does he get there though? Does he does he always in his car or does he ever like he, fly? You know, like a jet, jet maybe. I think he takes. takes I think jet. he takes that jet. Um. You know, I, I don't know if you know, but uh, there's this guy on uh, on Twitter 
who started this brouhaha a couple months ago because he was tracking uh, Elon's jet and basically revealing where he was going all the time. And Elon got really mad and tried to buy out this guy's website. And the guy's like, no, he doubled down. And I think originally he was he he offered to stop tracking. And I think Elon paid, but he he offered to stop tracking Elon. But at this point, his his Twitter kind of exploded. And now it's, he, a, it's a teenager, his, right? It's a teenager. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I think he's like 16 or 17 years old or something like that. And now he has a TikTok where that's what he does. He he tracks celebrities. Uh, he he tracks their jets. And the consensus I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard, but this week everyone's like mad at Taylor Swift because you know people are seeing that. Uh, well, first of all, I think this all started because it was kind of revealed like, oh, who uses their jet the most irresponsibly? And people mm-hmm. saw that uh, uh, not Kendall, but what's the other one? What's the other? What's the other youngest uh, Kardashian? Kylie. Yeah, Kylie's jet is like literally traveling multiple times across Los Angeles. I heard that a it jet. actually, for her to drive to the airport that she was going yes. out of, it actually, yeah. she actually had to drive a longer amount of time than it would have been yes. to just to, drive to, to, to the location. To drive originally. to the location, yes. Yeah. So, so everybody is kind of just like, what the heck? Now, my wife made a hilarious joke saying that um, this all of a sudden, this like diversion from Kylie to Taylor Swift, because I guess Taylor Swift's jet is even, is even worse. And it's like, you know, people are like, this is this is causing a lot of pollution in the air. My wife thinks that that's the that's the touch of of of, of Chris Kardashian, because she knows how to how to how to manipulate the media. But yeah, Taylor Swift, her jet is like the most used jet, I guess, whether that's her or her PR team says it's not her using the jet. Either way, it's your jet. You're responsible. To it's your responsibility. Like if you own it, like yeah, it's, it's your, your responsibility. responsibility. Um, Can you imagine if I, um, if people were like, "Hey, your Saturn view, Alex, is like, it's really starting to pollute LA," and I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, but I let my neighbor borrow it like every other day." <laughs> He's the one driving around. What an excuse. Through. What an excuse. Yeah, like, yeah. People would be like, you're an idiot. I'm going to beat you up now for that. Well, I, I think what's even funnier is that everyone's sentiment is like, so let me get this straight. I got to sit here with paper straws and these mm-hmm. people are really like, what, like 90% of the cause of the pollution? How's that just paper straws on that jet? No, there's no way. It's, so. it's, it, it, even though they could probably afford like, I don't know, Swartzy crystal straws or something, they're probably using plastic. It's just like ridiculous. Yeah. I also know that uh, like Taylor Swift, I know, is getting like, rightfully so, I think should be in like the limelight for all this. But I'm like, I think Drake's was even worse because Drake, Drake was also in like the top one for like the most fumes. And his excuse was, well, no one was even in most of my flights. <laughs> like, it's just like, you're just driving, you're just flying an empty jet around. Like, well, it, it reminds me he of uh, going to the airport. Yeah. Going to the airport. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Floyd Mayweather. I don't know if you know, but sometimes Floyd will have a separate jet for his luggage. So, like, if he's oh, going somewhere, he's literally, literally, he's like, I got to have a separate jet for my, for my stuff, which I don't know. That's crazy. A separate That's just, jet just filled yes, with stuff for his luggage. Yeah, for his luggage. Oh, so his luggage comes on a. I don't. It's well, you know, the Rock supposedly um, travels with a full gym equipment that is also on a separate really? plane. Oh yeah. my gosh! Because apparently, because he works out, he's 
he's got to look how he does. And, I, you know, you don't want to be working out at new gym places. He flies a whole separate team, I guess, of gym equipment and um, trainers. Like, I get That's I get crazy. the private trainer thing. If you look like The Rock, you've got to have, like, consistency. Yeah, he, but I'm like, you can't just, like, trainers. but they could, like, go buy some equipment literally every time and I mean, donate it. Or rent it or something. He could, he could probably rent a space. He could probably rent out a gym or something and just go yeah. in there. And that would still be cheaper than taking your equipment on a jet. That's nuts, man. That's crazy. Hey, you got it? Uh, to, to quote, uh, I can't remember the rapper's name right now, but it's not tricking if you got it. Okay? It's not tricking <laughs> if you got it. It's not. I'm, I'm, yeah. If I remember, I remember it halfway through the yeah, episode, I, I'll like, let yell me it know, out. Please. Uh, but yeah, uh, Alex, what did we watch? Over the past week. Nope. I ain't telling you. Ah, uh, come on, bro. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're gonna get nope, all our we're gonna it. get all our dad jokes out of the way like right now. Nope, um, not doing that. Uh, guys, uh, we watched we watched Nope. We watched Nope, and I got I have to admit, uh, before we dive too far into this, I I said nope probably like fifteen times and I heard some other people in the theater say no. Nope, oh really? Like, oh my it, goodness. Oh like, my goodness! Even if I didn't say it out loud, I like said it in my head, and I was like, "No, you got me." I See, will I say right his use. I will say though, his use of the word "nope" in the movie was pretty clever. Um, I thought it was really, really funny the way the way great. he used it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, AJ, but I was thinking of maybe uh, trying to change the format a little bit and go back right. to our old school spotlight. Sure. Um, I want to just give you as much time as possible. Like All we right. can extend this. For hours, if we need to, I just want you to just dive right into this really, really complex and detailed summary. I need a summary of this movie starting drum roll, (laughs) insert, fake clap sounds, go. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I'm just like, that's the perfect time for it. (laughs) After OJ's father dies in a freak accident, where debris falls from the sky, OJ now has to take over the family business along with his estranged sister, Emerald. Um, when strange things happen around the farm, they investigate it and, un- and-, and uncover that like they- they're probably not alone on the farm. And so through a very you know Tom and Jerry-esque rigging system of cameras and whatnot, they, they-, they uncover this-, this journey that they may not be alone, not just on the farm, but on this planet. Um, and the film kind of just goes into their journey, uncovering the truth with this entity and also themselves. How great is that? Like, if that's you it. didn't, that's- if you didn't jump into anything past this movie, that's that's the summary. Like, that's like yeah, a minute, the- a minute worth of description. I I think that's probably the most impressive thing as we start talking about this. Like, I think that's the most impressive thing of this movie that it's the the plot isn't really complicated, but what is fun to pick at is just you are blitzed with just imagery and themes and backstories things that are never really answered right you know um and i think that's what makes the movie fun you know what i mean uh yeah fun fun's an interesting description because uh um for people who haven't seen jordan peele movies they they are scary there is a lot of terrifying elements to his films um Mm -hmm. especially like us which was the previous one to this but his movies do make you laugh they are enjoyable and mm-hmm. like 
I, I feel like I was kind of leave like freaked out, but also like I feel like I just I feel like I rode like an epic. Uh, it's like it's like the Jurassic Park theme ride. It's like when you, yeah. you go up like the roller coaster style setting, the dinosaur comes out and then you <laughs> splash into the water. So you're like, I almost got eaten by a dinosaur, but I got an epic splash at the bottom. So that was kind of worth it. I guess I'll do it again. Well, I think that like something that Jordan Peele does so well and what I think what makes this movie work is that his horror isn't the lazy horror. That's what I like to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Lazy horror is what? Jump scares, um, excessive really scary blood, music. really scary music. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the infamous, the person's behind you, but you can't see them, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's this lazy horror because A, strobe it's been lights. done. Yeah, strobe. Oh my goodness. Strobe light. Oh, creepy little kid. Uh, there's always, you know, yep. it's just lazy horror. Things that like somebody puts in a movie because they watched some ed- some some version of this when they were younger. And it's just these themes that are kind of played out. And I think what makes Jordan fil- Jordan Peele's horror films little different is that they're they're horror based on real world you know what i mean um and we'll kind of get into like in this movie kind of what that what that means but i think he also does a really good job of just like hiding what the movie is i feel like too many trailers now they kind of just tell you like this is the movie and so many directors are so afraid that you're going to come to the theater you're not going to get it and then you're going to leave not getting it and they're so focused on being like holding your hand and being like and then they went here and then this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you really have no idea what you're getting into with his films. Um, and you know what, you know, what's one reason I think why he is so successful at like the genre he does. No, no. It's like he's a comedian writer first and comedy is really, really hard to write. I feel yeah. like to consistently get a laugh, it's like you not only have to have like like most of his comedy is based off of real events, like things that anyone could do on the street and they make someone laugh off something like that. I think is really difficult. So I feel like, I feel like it, it just makes sense to me to have someone who is a comedian to jump into. It's like, do you even want to say horror? Like, would you call his movies horror? Or would you call them more I, like a thriller? So it's not even, I would say it's an in between, but you know how I would describe Jordan Peele movies. And I think it, people who, have not watched Jordan uh, Jordan Peele's movies mm-hmm. or maybe on the fence. Jordan Peele is a big fan of the Twilight Zone. And his movies are like feature length Twilight Zone episodes. 100%. You know what I mean? Like like, yeah. like when you look at it through that frame of mind, it, it makes a lot more sense. You're like, okay, like these are, you know, these are things that in theory, right? Obviously a lot mm-hmm. of it is fiction, but in theory, like, oh, this could happen. And that's the scary part, right? That it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's always more mysterious. Based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always yeah. trying to figure out like what is happening, and literally, I mean, hey, even if you get to the end, you may not know what happened, <laughs> you know. But you're along for the ride. I think that's why it's fun. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I love, I love his films, and I think what's really cool with um, each one of them too is all the locations are really cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the only one I'm drawing a blank on though is like. Do you remember where Get Out is based? Get Out is based. I I I want to say like like Michigan. Like I'm okay. trying to remember if our fans know for sure. I I just off my memory. I thought it was Michigan, um, or like like I I'm like ninety percent sure it's the Midwest. Um, Either way, it's like yeah the the location I feel like builds the premise so well because it's like. Uh, us was like Santa Cruz and there's like yep. this huge theme around um, the pier the, 
yeah, the pier and like, yeah, just like the eeriness of that. And it's like this whole, this whole film, it's like, I want to say it's LA, but it's like, it's weird. It's like, it's like Northern LA. So it's like, you would never know. Like, yeah. It's like yeah, mostly you would the desert. Never know. You would never know. <laughs> but there's little, little glimpses of LA that show up. And one of them that I just think is absolutely bonkers is like the, um, what is the name of the oh, Fry's Electronic? So Fry's Electronic is yeah, a real yeah. store, and that was, actually R&B. has a was, and it actually yeah. has a UFO like. It's that's, all, that's, but that's the theme. Yeah, yeah that's in the California, all the Fry's Electronics were based. They had they all had a theme, and they one they cleverly used for this movie was a UFO theme, which I, was so cool. Yeah. yeah, so it's like to take to take a theme that already existed in a location and just like make that. Like I can't imagine. Now someone has to do it. I can't imagine someone taking like the iconic like uh, donut that you see like in a bunch of like '90s movies in LA. Like just to, or yeah. I think it's also an Iron Man. Like taking the donut and making that the movie. That's pretty much what Jordan Peele did with this. I also think I don't know if you know this, but something that was so cool in this movie is like one of the ways they filmed it is that I don't know if you realize this. The whole movie's filmed in the day. Mm-hmm. It's filmed in daytime. And the scenes that are nighttime, they 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 edited it to make it look like it's really nighttime. And I think that that lend that lent itself to just very unique lighting because something that I thought was so cool is just the way they the the, the way black people in this movie are filmed. You know what I mean? It's so much more interesting and engaging than you would probably see in um, a different movie. And I, and that technique of you know, layering a, like a dark lens over or dark mm-hmm. filter, I guess you could say, uh, over, you know, shots that are filmed in the day. I, I think that's so cool. I mean, I literally was watching. I was like, why does this dark scene look so like a vibrant, but b like engaging? And then when I, afterwards I found out why I'm like, that's cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it also helps having a, a black director filming black yeah. people like. Yeah. It's, not that not that there isn't any uh, any white people that can't do it, but there's a lot there's a lot that are really bad at it. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah yeah, or they're not intentional about it. Yeah yeah. Um, and I feel like I feel like Jordan Jordan Peele is also really good at utilizing a lot of the same, even though the same actors or like the same acting style. Um, I think it's like every every character every character in his film is like a character I don't recall usually like i don't ever feel like i see them in a different film you know like i i feel like he he's really really good at world building and basic locations that's what i want to say like none of the yeah. locations look like million dollar setups they just look like a crazy whacked out man knew what to I do think, with a small budget yeah and i think what's also crazy is that like he's using things that he's using locations that i guess you would never really think to like hey let's film a whole movie in the desert or let's base like you know, this whole movie on the pier and, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just very cool how he does it. Um, and I, and I also think that, that that's one of the things that lend into that idea of like, Oh, it's like the twilight zone. You know what I mean? Because he could reuse the same people from other movies, but their characters so different. Um, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I think that's why this movie works in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. of the characters in the actual movie. Um, let me just set, start off. I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I thought everybody did a great job in this movie. Just off the off the jump. Like, oh, hundred percent. I think Otis, like essentially the main character of the role or the movie, 
he is he's quiet hardly says anything um doesn't it's like i don't think he looks like a confident person yet he like radiates confidence in this movie he's a cowboy yeah, he has. He's just yeah, literally. He's a, he's he's a, a cowboy. He's, he's literally a cowboy. He's I, his his confidence is is exudes from him, even mm-hmm. if he may not be confident. Right? He's a cowboy. You know? Yeah. No, that's a perfect way to describe him. I just think like one of my favorite scenes is um, there's a there's a point in this movie where the farm that he lives on, he can kind of tell there's some like weird stuff starting to happen, and he's yeah. like in the farm at one point, and you see just this you can kind of see like the generic like horror thing of someone like running yeah, in the background. Yes. Yes. And they finally just like reveal this little like creature looking thing. And it is <laughs> I literally terrifying. Laughed. I literally it's so, laughed. it's so creepy, but it's so funny at the same time. And like, I feel like in most movies, the main character would run away, you know, he just, he just sucker punches the thing in the face. And it was just like so on point. I was like, this this fits Otis's character. It was it was awesome. Yes. Otis's character, um, you know, his his father passes away in the beginning of the movie. His mm-hmm. father played by uh Keith David, by the way, which is awesome. Um, and uh, you know, you can see that his the farm, their farm, by the way, is uh like a family farm. They breed mm-hmm. horses for movies, right? So like you can see that. There's probably like one of the things I noticed about his character is that he doesn't love the job. He doesn't love what he does. It's almost as if he does it because he's like responsibility is more important to me than what I want to do. You know, you, you ever get that mm-hmm. feeling throughout that movie? Because it's like he didn't seem like, you know, it seemed like him, you know, the fir- very first scene we see. With, with with OJ and Otis Sr. is, you know, OJ, Otis Sr. is yelling at him, you know, telling him, hey, you know, get all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it just, he just seems very begrudging about it. And I think that's mm-hmm. why his character works so well. It's His character, like, embraces this idea of responsibility and respect. And he, he like, he, and he exemplifies that throughout the entire movie. You it's, know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting you point that out because, like, Emerald, his sister, Mm-hmm. is almost the complete opposite. Like complete she is a confi- yes. she's a confident character, but like the overly it's confident. Like, yeah, but like very, very beginning, it's like they're basically they're trying to get their first gig at like a they're like at a movie studio showcasing mm-hmm. like one of their horses that they're gonna use for a scene. And Otis is like dead serious. He's making sure no one's like gonna mess with it. And she's just like off doing her own thing. She's like trying to get she's like she's like telling somebody about like her f- 15 like side hustles that she does. And it was like in total la la land. And I'm like, this is great. Like this like already shows like not that there's like a sibling feud, but there's no. already like such a huge contrast of, uh, you know, character, character like attitudes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and I thought that scene that you're referencing was such a good scene to just show where their mindset is. Right. Um, Otis or, or OJ was there on time. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for his sister. All he knows is the horse. He doesn't know the other side of the business. Emerald. Not only does she come late, but the, I don't know if you caught this in the movie, the speech that she's giving is her dad's speech. The one from the, from the record. She's saying it word for word. She even makes a mistake when she says my great, great, great grandfather, because it's, because she's, she memorized the speech. It's actually her great, 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 great. I didn't pick that up. You see what I'm saying? So like, I thought that was such a clever way to show the disconnect. 
mm-hmm. because she didn't take the time to say something unique. She just knows how to memorize what the you know what her dad always says, whatever. And I thought that was a really cool way just to show the difference between them, the irresponsible and the responsible, right? Um, Jordan Peele's so good at telling you things without telling you things, and I thought that was a really good example of that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hidden layers um, to his characters in the film, and I. I feel like a lot of people might have disagreed with this, but I kind of hated Angel's character right away. This is like the guy we get introduced to who works at Fried Electronics. I found him really annoying and kind of just like a stereotypical, mm. like uh, my life's a wreck because I'm like a rich kid in the valley and yeah, I like only date actors. And like, I was just like, I don't want this guy in the movie, but like somehow Jordan Peele like molded him and created this like character that I thought was like so hilarious when he would show up in scenes. Cause like, he's just, he's like always getting in the way and being extremely helpful, but like nobody wants in him the there. Worst, yeah. No one wants him there, but you know why I think you end up liking him at the end? Because he's the only one who believed them mm-hmm. from the start. He believed them. He never, he never, he never, he never made them feel stupid about what they were doing. Well, that's not true. He never made them feel stupid that they thought they were aliens there. You know what I mean? And yeah, I thought that was, was like, I think that's, yeah. He was like into it right away. Like, you know, yeah. basically it's like the characters go to, um, o- OJ and Emerald, like go to try to get like surveillance equipment. Cause they think there's like something like a UFO spotting or something at, uh, at the farm. And like, after like they get the equipment set up, like Angel appears at one point, because he sees the footage and they're just like right away. They're like, are you, why are you legally watching? watching like, us? They're like, yeah. why are you watching us? And his coworker too, his co his coworkers like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, <laughs> so great. Like this dude yeah. just has no, he, he like has no life. So I think he's just like so invested because it's like yeah. mod- his hot model girlfriend dumps him. So the world, you know, the world's and ending. The, wor- the world's ending for him. And that, that's a very good point too, that like that, that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why he's like, He's all in on this because he's like almost suicidal. And I just want to throw in also Kiki Palmer did a phenomenal job in this movie. Just also want to throw that in there, too. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Um, we also have like a, a minor, I don't know, major minor character, Antler. Um, Antler basically was like a cinematographer. His main purpose is uh, essentially trying to just help them capture the film. Uh, his character, it's weird. His character, I don't think served any other purpose other than to give the motivation for M at the end to, to get that Oprah shot, right? The Oprah shot in this film is that, sh- that undeniable shot that puts you mm-hmm. on Oprah and Oprah's well, there's, asking there's so you, much, like, you know, there's so much buildup to it as well. Cause it's like, remember like the only time you ever see him, um, I'd say 99% of the time you see him, it's just like a shot him like watching footage of what two like manatees like fighting, like, like predators, up. predators fighting a prey, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he's always kind of talking like this. Oh my god! The only purpose in life is to hold this camera and get the best (laughs) shot in the world. (laughs) But yeah, they need his help because they're having a really hard time capturing. um, I think something that I I I just remembered. I don't know how you even forgot this is that the alien can disable electricity, so like they can't use the, the, the surveillance cameras they bought. They have to use like a hand crank camera. So that that's why his character is there. Um, I thought, he, I, honestly, I thought his character was there just to be funny. I thought it was just funny, this, like, super serious guy, and then he has a mental breakdown and commits suicide at the end. Like, I, I just thought that was funny. I, I I'm just going to point out, though, I feel like his uh, his suicide scene was very horny looking. 
yeah it was yeah it, it was, was definitely sexual hard. it was yeah. definitely sexual which shows um, like the the humor elements to jordan peele because it's, yeah. it's kind of scary but also you're like this is so laughing. ridiculous yeah. yeah and then our our last main character is uh uh jupe uh jupe is uh, uh played by steven uh steven yen what uh, an interesting person Dead. yeah great character his character basically in in you know we'll we'll get into this a little bit more but basically his character is a child actor who experienced like this crazy traumatic incident as a young kid. And I don't know, maybe you can say like trying to like redeem himself in the present day by Mm -hmm. trying to tame this alien, you know, and uh, suffers a pretty dire consequence because of it. You know, he gets eaten, gets eaten by the alien. Um, And I, and I think that arc was very interesting. We'll, We'll get into a little bit more, but I thought that arc was very interesting because it was like, you know, I thought his character was supposed to serve as the opposite for OJ's character. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they they were supposed to, you know, they both went through some type of trauma. And- well, I think his trauma kind of his trauma scared me. I think yeah. his trauma actually kind of revealed to me that he in a way is like he's kind of the like he's kind of the villain of this film. Like I know it's like it is yeah. the alien, but also it's him. Like when you like see him uh Remember when he's like remember when he's like inviting everyone to the the weird like play that he's having? Yes, the um, show. Yeah, I just felt like that 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 just like segued into the theme so much, but like the one thing I noticed that was so unique was everything that he wears. Like did you notice that like the jacket he wears looks like a UFO? It's yeah. like dazzled. It's like yeah, but that yeah. But or I didn't the fact that he's that right wearing away. or the fact that he's wearing a cowboy hat. Right, mm-hmm. but he's not a cowboy. OJ is a cowboy. He's an actor, right? So, like, I thought something else about his character too. I found another good theme in this movie that this this movie is heavy on the theme of like respect, right? Respect is such mm-hmm. a big thing in this movie. OJ being a cowboy respects the alien, whereas Jupe does not respect the alien. He 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 has a very primitive understanding of what it is, and because of that, I thought that was the one of the um, and we'll get into later, but that scene where he dies, I thought that was a kind of a scary scene. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, you know, this is crazy, right? Um, so I thought- So creepy. You know, on top of that, you know, the other elements of respect in this movie are things like, you know, the fact that OJ and Emerald's family, their business has been part of the music, the, the movie industry for generations. Well, they but, claim, uh, well, I actually did look it up and it is a true fact that the, the first, was it the first- the first uh, person to ride a horse on film was a black, was a black, was a man. black man. Yeah. And they, and they showed in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's their yeah. great, 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 great grandfather or whatever. How many, I don't remember how many right. greats there are, but I, I did think that that was unique that they do take uh, a real story and then like add it into, add it into these characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the heritage part of that movie, mm-hmm. right? Like this movie has this like, you know, this, this, this lineage idea of just, you know, what does that mean to be a pioneer? You know what I mean? Which I thought was so fitting because this movie takes place in the desert. You know what I mean? I, I I think this movie, it's just, it's blitzing you with just all these themes and concepts. And I think what's fun is that anyone can watch it and pull something really different from it. You know what I mean? Like, like I have a perfect (laughs) example. We, AJ and I wrote out some themes ahead of the, the recording and I just, I just thought of a different one. Greed mm. is a big part of this. Greed, film. yes, yeah. Because like, like everyone, I mean, everyone huge tries, one. To, yeah, everyone tries to like, uh, 
everyone is in survival mode halfway through this film and are trying to escape this this terrifying creature or this like inhabitants and then it's like but then eventually everyone tries to figure out how they can manipulate it like and manipulate use it for, it. Yeah, for fame and for for money yeah. um and i thought that was i thought that was a unique a unique part because even like uh antler doesn't really care about the money because he seems to be like a rich celebrity rich. she's already rich director yeah. filmmaker but his greed is like needing the best shot the best the shot notoriety. that exists yeah he it's like he has variety yeah he has a lust he has a lust for that <laughs> You know? <laughs> He's got a real love for it. Um, and, and I think that I think like if you talk to any like like if you talk to five different people, mm. the five different people are going to give you five things that they noticed in the movie. I think that's why this movie is so interesting. Um, there are so many big things in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, from like the, the big plot points that happen in this movie. What were some things that you thought were interesting? I OK, I think like the the very first one of the very first scenes of the film but like gordy's home massacre was yeah terrifying it was terrifying yeah it was one of the maybe one of the one of the scariest scenes i've seen in a movie before and i thought it was done so well um and you might not know this but uh gordy's home massacre is actually based on true events loosely i i did not know that so in the film, there's this terrifying monkey that is on uh, basically like or a chimpanzee and he's on a television set and uh, Jupe's character, like he's like a kid on it. And at one point, the chimpanzee goes crazy and just like kills everyone on the set. And apparently there actually was a chimpanzee in 1996. It's part of what's called the Stamford Advocate. Uh mm-hmm. A chimpanzee pulled a woman's arm th- through an open window of a parked car, <gasps> biting her hard enough to draw blood. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, there's been multiple apparently chimpanzee-related disasters, and I think that's what makes this even scarier is the fact that like chimpanzees do have like a apparently a very I mean? dark side but to you, them. But you see what I mean? Like, like Jordan Peele yeah. loves pulling things from reality, right? Um, I also think that like that whole scene at Jupiter's uh, Jupiter's claim that that whole massacre is just like that scene when the when the alien sucks up. So for the you know, if you watched it, I hope you watched it at this point because we forgot to say this was a spoiler review. But, uh, you know, if you watched it, if you remember we put it in the description, yeah, we got, we got... <laughs> I forgot to say it. <laughs> I forgot to say it. Uh, but yes, uh, and the alien is able to uh, suck up people. Uh, if they look into the alien's quote-unquote eye, the eye of the storm, whatever you want to call it, right? If you look into it, the alien sucks you up. Uh, Jupe has this whole, like, demo where he's using the horses that uh, OJ is selling him, mm-hmm. and he's using it as bait for the alien. So the scene where the people are screaming and they're stuck in the, the windpipe oh, of God, the alien, it's, terrifying. it's like, what the... Like, it's, and you hear, like, the bones crunching, and the blood like oozing it's it, it's a i think why it was so like scary to like view because it comes out of nowhere that scene comes out of absolutely nowhere mm-hmm. and you're just like holy cow and i've you never know, seen um, anything shot like that shot you know? like that yes like like I, yeah that's a very good point like can you imagine how much more uh scary anaconda would be if there was a shot of uh, one of those characters getting 
like eaten from the inside. Don't like, give Jordan be... Peele any ideas. <laughs> He's going to remake Anaconda. But yeah, that'd be really... You know what? He might do that because I think Anaconda is one of the few movies where the black guy lives at the end. Um, so yeah, that might actually happen. Um, I could see but, it. Yeah, that that's that was like a really impactful and me- like you know mesmerizing scene. He's um, always he's always like leading you on to something and sometimes leading you the wrong way. Speaking yes. of that, I want to see if you can figure out this one, which I didn't notice okay. until after the film. Uh, okay. I'd like to take credit for it, but my roommate pointed it out to me. Click okay. on the poster link I just sent you. All right. Tell me okay, if I got it. Tell me if anything sticks out in particular. I just, I just thought this would be uh, great. So. I mean, so, so I'm going to describe this out loud. All the people, uh, it's, it's the main characters, uh, Emerald, Jupe, OJ, and Angel. They're all looking up. We don't know what they're looking up into. Um, you know, they're wearing the things that they're wearing in the movie. I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Uh, let's okay. go towards Jupe's character. Okay. What's he is wearing? His hat? Is it that his hat looks like the alien? Yeah, I thought that. Okay. I did you know not, what's funny? It's like you he know spoiled really, the movie without spoiling the movie, you know? Okay. It's really funny you said that because there is a really good scene. I kept saying that throughout the whole movie that did you not think that the alien kind of looked like a cowboy hat? Right? You, you thought that too, right? Like the alien. And there's a, yeah, there's a really like good. Later on. Yeah, later on. And there's a really cool scene when OJ's like riding away from the alien and the alien like perfectly like sits over his head like a cowboy hat. So I thought that was some cool imagery there. I thought that was pretty cool. But, but I yes, can't believe that looks that exactly like, like the alien. He like spoils the shot without spoiling the shot. I think pretty it clever. actually is the alien. And I would not be surprised hat. if it was the alien shrunk down because it looks yeah. exactly like what it looks like. It's I not even like rounded it. perfectly like a hat. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, so, so clearly yes, one of the that, themes is cowboys. Cowboys, and then like the you know the last big moment in the movie too was just the alienness of Jean Jacket, as they call it. Um, I thought like Jean Jackets, like the the them taking down Jean Jacket is just a really good third act. Honestly, it, it is a really good third act. It's 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 suspenseful, it's impactful, it's effective, and I think that's really what's important. Like that that third act is the only act in the movie where I can really say no scene was wasted. You know what I mean? And and it, I thought yeah, I love. It flew by. The scene yeah. where the TMZ guy pops in is hilarious. That's just funny. That's just really funny. You know? Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's I just... was like, hearing his voice, too, kind of reminded me of just like a Deadpool character, which like made it yeah. better for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. And, and and you know, the, the movie ends with they um they they fulfill their plan of, of you know, they find out that Jean Jacket cannot digest uh physical things it can only digest humans and so they literally just stuff it with with inflatable things until it explodes even with you knowing knowing this like it you still have to watch it it's yes it's it's just rare that you're going to see a film that is going to scare you make you laugh make you cry and uh uh, make you be confused <laughs> a lot of confusion yeah a lot of confusion yeah you, you will definitely walk out of this theater and just kind of be blazed like like in a in a in a daze trying to figure out like what happened you know um and i think that that leads me to to ask alex like what would you what would you rate this movie what would you give this movie i don't do this very often but i'm giving this film a five out of five whoa this is a five for me. i wanted to i was gonna rate it lower at first and then i thought about it 
And I only give fives to movies where I'm like, is there anything, is there anything that I would change? And I can't think of a single thing in this film that I would have done differently. I just felt like, and I felt like, I felt like there were so many little like hidden layers that I could rewatch this four times and probably pick something different from it. Um, That's kind of how the movie's designed. Yeah. It's rare. It's rare that you get a movie like that. And like the score, the score was like haunting without being like a stereotypical, like horror score. It's just like, I just felt like the music was done well. The acting was done well. Um, it didn't, I don't know. It's like, it was weirdly beautiful. Like just like, yeah, it's a beautifully scary film and I'm sticking with my rating. What, uh, what would you rate it? I would give it a, are we doing out of five or out of 10? Um, I'm doing I, out, I of do five. out of 10. You can do out of okay, 10. I'll, I'll do out of 10. Cause it'll give a little bit more context. I, I give it a seven, five. Now I don't give movies, Five uh-huh. often. I don't give movies nines often. It, I barely give eight fives. Okay, so understand seven five on my scale. That's still high, high for you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty high. Um, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I think where the movie lost points for me personally is just I felt like it blitzed you with a lot of themes, and mm. I do think that while it, I think this movie tightened up the amount of themes better than like us did. Because us kind of did the same thing where it's like blitzing you with like a lot of themes. I felt mm. like this one tightened. I think I, this one had a tighter story to it. This one had a had a much tighter story. And I 100% agree with you. You can watch this movie four different times and see the movie through four different perspectives. And I think that's where this movie gets a lot of points. Um, I, and the, the acting is... It, I love Kiki Palmer in this. Kiki Palmer was probably the best part, in my opinion, the best part in the movie. Mm-hmm. Hands out. I she, think her character was great. I think um, she blew everyone out of the water. Yeah, out of the water. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say this: if Kiki Palmer is not at least nominated for uh, best actress, uh, the awards is just absolute BS. Because yeah, someone needs is, to get nominated in this film. Yeah, someone does need to get nominated for this. And I think Kiki Palmer should definitely get nominated for best actress because she. I, the word murder does not accurately describe her, like the way she, she treated this role. So, um, you know, that's how I felt about the movie. I, I still loved it. If you guys liked it, um, you know, if you guys like Jordan Peele's movies, obviously go watch this one if you haven't. This is my favorite um, Jordan Peele film so far. Th- see, here's the thing. Get, Get Out is still Get Out is best, amazing. But I liked this more than I liked Us. Us so was I'm, my least I mean? favorite one, yeah, but it's us, still us great. Us was my least favorite. Us, yeah. us was my least favorite. So I, I, this is above us, below Get Out. That's still a good thing. That's you know, these are all good movies. We're just ranking apples and apples. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's all we got for for today, Alex. Um, let's let's wrap that up. You know, let's uh, let's give it the the antlers host. You know? Nope. if you if you enjoy our show guys uh you know let us know you can find us on any social media platform twitter youtube twitch not oh we don't have a twitch yet we'll have we'll have a twitch one day um uh uh, tiktok instagram no one uses facebook unless you're it's your mom or something so i don't know you don't have to follow us on facebook point being is you can find us on any platform, any streaming platform that has a uh, uh, podcast capabilities. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, our, Spotify our, 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 our mother platform. We should probably shout that one out first. Um, <laughs> but yes, guys, uh, thank you guys for listening to our show. We always appreciate uh, the ones that listen. And for the ones that don't, we don't need you. 
Just kidding. Please listen yeah, to us. Get our out show. of here, but please come by. Yeah, please come by. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. The Bandwagon Fan Podcast is hosted by Josh Jimenez, Alex Mogosa, and me, AJ Soy. Our show is produced by Kate Smith and edited by your boy, AJ. Our social media is managed by Natalia Kokulia, and our theme song, Lush Waves, is provided to us by Taylor Lewin of Underscore Audio. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.